Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. My voice is cracking and I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And I hope my voice is not cracking, but it could be because after talking with our guest today, um, New Jersey-based Mark Snyderman. And, you know, we all have lawyer jokes and Mark is a lawyer, so in good taste, we chose not to use them. And I'm a banjo player. So there are a lot of banjo jokes as well. So if you can find a banjo and lawyer combination joke, shoot us a note. But in the meantime, listen to this great interview about the law and what else? Hansel and Gretel. Oh, yeah. Hansel and Gretel. Who the fuck witch, The witch and the wolf. So here you go. Here's um, Mark Snyderman. And I hope you enjoy this far-reaching and very strange interview. It's true. Now, and if he wrote a, if he wrote a book with Simon Sinek, it would be the witch, the wolf, and the why. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, we are. Uh, Randy, didn't we have that code that we weren't going to talk to any lawyers uh, on the on the? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, yeah, I, I don't have any lawyers. I, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> I have lots of lawyer jokes, but I'm not going to use them. Because, you know, <laughs> Mark is smart enough to throw back, you know, finance jokes. So. <laughs> so, Mark, really nice to talk with you. I was just mentioning um, the uh, really cool O in your logo. I appreciate that. I, <laughs> so, for the, the listeners who can't see it, go check out his logo. He'll tell you at the end of the show kind of where to find him. But I want to start with the glasses. When did you get those glasses? I uh, actually got these during COVID. Part of being on, I, I started buying like uh, going on Zlol and there's another site that they sell glasses for pretty cheap, right? You know, you used to always buy, have to go to the optometrist and go to the glasses and they're always very expensive. And I found all these online sites where you could get like multiple pair of glasses made for like 50 bucks, 60 bucks. And I was like, well, I'm going to be on Zoom every day, so I might as well try and have like different pair of glasses every day because I can't really get dressed and I can't, you know, show my style because I, I like to, I like to get dressed. It's one of the things I do. And you know, I was sitting I, at home, so I get dressed. I get dressed every day, personally. I'm, that was a bad joke. That was a right. very bad joke. I'm sorry, <laughs> but on the glasses. Compare that to your business. How does that represent your business, the kind of different pair of glasses every day? So the what I would say is the I was always trying to make a different kind of law firm that's really I would I almost call it the I call it the anti law firm. I think that the entire practice of law, how it's developed and how it's grown over the years is a complete disaster. Uh, when it comes to small and mid sized businesses, it, it can't serve them well. It doesn't serve them well. And the whole, my whole premise was, well, why can't we serve small businesses? And the only way to do that was really to change the model and go to, you know, sort of a startup kind of model, really use small offices, outsource, you know, rely on technology uh, and go back to what makes attorneys useful, which is let them be helpful to people and guide people. So I changed the model of pricing and went to flat fee and subscription model. So the bulk of my clients were on subscription model. And 
when I say subscription model, you'll, you know, everybody has a different definition of that. My definition of subscription model is you pay a monthly fee, you get as much service as you need in that month. If I get crushed that month because you had a ton of work, that was my, that was on me. You know, some months I win, some months I lose, but I kind of know based on the size of a company, how much, you know, sort of outside general counsel services they're going to need. So hence, you know, I'll relate back to the glasses. Uh, I like to change, you know, what I look like, you know, so that I can help, you know, just sort of make myself look different a little each day, keep it fresh and new. So I, uh, this is not a lawyer joke, but it could have been. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a friend who for years and years and years told me that lawyers do not have a vested interest in helping you do deals. They have a vested interest in not allowing you to make a mistake. And the easiest way to prevent me from making a mistake is to tell me that every deal I want to do is a bad <laughs> deal. What do you think to that, about that? Is, that? is that true or is that, is that something that truly happens in the profession? There's, there's lawyers who do deals who get deals done and there's lawyers who get deals undone and business lawyers are the ones that get deals done, right? You're, if you go to a lawyer, that's not a business lawyer, they have never worked in business. They haven't actually done anything other than be a lawyer. How can they really ever be a business lawyer? Right? I mean, that's what I always say when somebody says, well, you know, what's a business lawyer? Somebody who's actually been in business and they happen to be a lawyer. I meet both those requirements. Therefore I define myself as a business lawyer and my goal is really to help your business grow and if and to advise you along the way. And if you have a deal that you think makes sense for your business, and I can show you why I think it may make sense or why it may not make sense. But in, your, in the end, it's your decision as the owner. I'm going to get that deal done for you. So you're disrupting the legal profession. And I know you, you like to talk about disruptive I entrepreneurialism. Is, is there a difference between... No, I mean, I don't think... That and what you're doing. No, I think it's part of my mantra of finding white space in a market. Where is that white space? Where is where are people not painting? And go paint there. You know, why fish in the same sea as everybody else? <laughs> you know, if I can show why I'm different and what I'll do different for you, then I feel like I, I can differentiate myself. I can differentiate myself with the glasses. I can differentiate myself with, you know, the service. And, you know, truly, you know, Having a real subscription model is a differentiator, but I also think the real difference, the, the, the true differentiator for me on the legal side is that, you know, I actually ran a business for, you know, for over 10 years. I was a chief operating officer of an engineering company and helped grow that company from a $15 million company up to a $60 million company, you know, had it prepped for the next level of exit and everything else that would go with that. So I understand the model. You know, I understand how to do that. I've hired and fired hundreds of people myself. I had 40 or 50 direct reports. I know how to deal. You know, I've done a lot of issues that most small and mid-sized businesses see. I didn't just see them as, you know, or read about them or see, the, see a video of somebody talking about it. I lived it, you know, so I can give, you know, I mean, everybody has war stories and they love to talk about that. Every lawyer you'll ever meet wants to give you, you know, 5,000 war stories that they have about, you know, this case and this case and this, this instance, I, I always say I lived it. I don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you how I, what I did wrong and how you can tell you can do something different than what I did because I didn't really always get it right. <laughs> so 
I almost have this uh, picture in my mind uh, of you at uh, uh, six or seven years old, kind of looking like Charlie Brown uh, with, <laughs> with, well, Charlie Brown with glasses, and then kind of thinking about how to be a good lawyer. What were, what were you thinking at six or seven years old? Uh, what were you wanting to be? Uh, I actually wanted to be a lawyer from when I was really little. I did. We did the trial of Hansel and Gretel when I was in first Wait, grade or what? second grade. So the trial. Yeah, we put. Yeah, we 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 made up a trial. We put we put a we put the the you know put the wolf on trial Who's or whatever. I don't, I don't remember this. Uh, it was my school, my elementary school. Your school had the a trial of Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, that sounds the terrifying and everything. That was great. We, we pretend we had attorneys and we defended. Is there, defended was there them. a death penalty for the wolf? What was the? <laughs> no, he didn't get a death penalty. Okay. We didn't. We didn't go that far. Oh, interesting. It's so, New Jersey. It was New Jersey. If I was in Texas, maybe yeah. Tex Texas, we would have given the death penalty. So you were there defending? Uh, I believe. I don't remember. I mean, it was a long time ago, but uh, yeah, that's amazing. I just remember the. I remember the instance of it, and I remember thinking. Well, the, being a lawyer looked like it was a pretty interesting gig. You know, it turned out that I never wanted to be a litigation attorney. Uh, I never wanted to do in the criminal defense. I really just gravitated towards, you know, business and finance. And it was where I knew that I, I, I would be better. So it was kind of where I where my path took me. And, you know, I went into corporate and securities law when I got out of law school, worked in-house for one of the cable companies when they went public, and then transitioned that into, you know, running a company. So your parents uh, were a rock star and a um, gardener. I'm just guessing here. <laughs> no, I come from a I come from a line of car salesmen. You're kidding? Do you really? My father, my father's it. My father, my uncle, my brother, uh, all car dealers. What kind of cars? You name it, we sold it. <laughs> New used. We've had auto. We had auto parts stores growing up. I started working in my father's auto parts store when I was probably eight or nine years old. I used to stand on, this is back before, you know, going back, I'm going to get, I'm going to pre, I'm going to date myself, you know, before there was cat, before there was computers or anything, you know, you had books, there was giant books that showed you somebody come in and says, I have a 72 Plymouth, you know, duster. I need a, an air filter. You would go down and figure out that it's an A410, you know, purolator and somebody would go in, and my brother would run in the back and climb the ladders and find an A410. And we'd sell it to him. And I had to stand on about six books in order to reach the counter because I was so short. So, so are you a car guy now? Because obviously cars were. I, I do like cars a lot. Uh, I don't. I have a. I have a an old an older Jeep Wrangler that I've that I've been fixing up. That's mine. And I have a, a '65 Lincoln Continental that I'm gonna that I'm re, that is is just starting to get rehab now. So we we are still car guys. My dad still has Corvettes and goes to car shows all the time. That's kind of his thing. We grew up doing it, so nice. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. I, I have a 73 oh, nice. convertible, and uh, it's just That's a, a great fun, car. So, yeah. I have a 2002 yeah. Camry. So, big big car. car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it'll run, for, it'll run for at least 200,000 miles if you, keep, if you take care of it. It's close to 200,000, so see how yeah, far there you it go. goes. See? So, You'll get it there. <laughs> So I love that. Uh, love, I love that detail. Um, another detail that we kind of saw was that you're really big on mental health awareness. Where did that come I am. from? It came from my own background, my own, you know, understanding and it's self-awareness. And uh, when I was running the company, it really took a toll on me mentally. I was, you know, working, 
you know, not a joke, 12, 15 hour days every day, working every weekend, I kind of lived and breathed the place. Uh, I felt the weight of 300 people working for me and felt like I needed to be there and be the one that carried the place. And I put way too much on myself and it really took my mental health down a bad spiral. And, you know, it was, went through a, a period of, you know, real depression and anxiety, mostly depression. You know, it took a while to understand what that was, to go through therapy, uh, to take on, you know, to accept that medication was going to be something that I needed to do and be okay with it and start to realize, you know, what was it going to take to keep my mental health uh, at a good status, you know, going forward. And, you know, I think it's important. It's one of those topics that is a taboo topic still. I think there's still a ton of stigma attached to it. And, you know, I think in the last year with COVID and, and the pandemic and people staying at home, I think people's mental health is really an issue. And, you know, helping people, I feel like, you know, do I feel like I'm a champion? No, I don't do that much. But when I do go on podcasts or when I, you know, when I wrote in my in the book that I helped write a, that I helped write a chapter on, I do not shy away from talking about it uh, and saying, you know, that it is something that I've experienced, and I know many people have experienced it, but don't want to talk about it. Uh, and I don't have a problem talking about it because I think that's the only way we're going to break through the stigma of it is to make it a normal conversation. It, you know, it, it's as much of a health issue as any other health issue that you could have. And just as debilitating for many of us. That was not what I expected. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was. I think it's awesome. Um, I am concerned about you know the next twelve, eighteen months. We're going to see mental health become a much bigger issue than it has been. In the oh, past, I agree. Uh, I suspect. Yeah. And you're right about the stigma. And employers are terrible at understanding mental health and understanding how to work with their employees who are, are suffering. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the, the way forward, particularly for HR departments and employers? How do they deal with mental health in the workplace? It, it's really a tough one because, you know, it's one of those things that like, you know, even if you see it, you know, how do you help the person? And I think it's really about, you know, trying to recognize when you're, if you're taking care of your employees and you're reaching out to them consistently and you're, and you know, you know when your people are good and when they're not good. And it's asking the right questions. It's not, I think, you know, Simon Sinek talks about it really well in most of his books and on his, and in a lot of his speeches recently about, you know, when, when somebody's numbers are off, right? They come to you, do you, what do you say to them? Do you try to figure out, like if they've had consistent, if they've consistently been a flying, you know, flying for you for years and years, and all of a sudden their numbers are dropping, right? They didn't hit their numbers for this quarter. Maybe there's something else going on, right? It's not necessarily just the numbers. It's probably something else with them. And having those real conversations with your employees of, you know, are you okay? Do you need something? Is anything going on at home that you want to talk about that you need help with? We have resources available you don't have to talk to me as your manager, but you can talk to HR. You can, you know, we have employee assistance benefits programs. We have all these things available to you and making people know that it's okay. And I think that's really where, you know, HR departments can really step in and help the managers kind of understand what resources are available to even present those and to recognize, 
you know, and make sure that, you know, I mean, it, it, it all comes to the same functionality, right, of, you know, understanding your employees and your team and trying to take care of them in a way that, you know, they feel like you care about them. I think in the last year, I mean, there's nothing more important than, you know, reaching out to your employees when they're sort of off on their own and everybody's experiencing the pandemic in its own way when, you know, not yelling at them if their kids came running into the, across the screen. Of course, your kids came running across the screen. They're at home. They're little kids. They don't understand. They think they just understand mom and dad are at home. And how cool is this? Right. You know, what if the dog barks? Okay. Well, yeah, my dog's going to bark because my dog barks. That's what she does. <laughs> she has no other way to tell me anything. If she could talk, we'd have a whole nother ball game going on our hands. <laughs> so speaking of talking dogs, um, <laughs> almost, I don't know where this one's going. <laughs> almost, but back to the, back to Hansel and Gretel. Cause it's so amazing to hear you talk about all this, <laughs> but yeah. So if, if you were to look at, let's say your, your Hansel, and there's the wolf and the witch, right? What is it that you're kind of punching above your weight towards? What's the issue of your lifetime? You started all these companies, you're doing this work as a lawyer. What's, mm -hmm. what's your big mission? Uh, my big mission? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, my mission is, my why really is just helping. Being, I want people to know that when they come to me, they're going to get real pragmatic advice that helps them and helps them find a way to do what it is they want to do. And, you know, and that's kind of what I do. I like to help put people together. And I don't need much more than that. I don't need, yeah, I like cars. Would I like to have, you know, a bunch of cars? Yeah, it'd be fun, right? But I've had a lot going on. I mean, I, I'm fortunate. I grew up in the car business. There was always cars around, right? So I've been fortunate. I've seen it. It's great. I don't really need that much. You know, in the end, I'd love to live on, I'd love to have a winery. Because I like wine and I love to have a little vineyard and sit on the vineyard and uh, and honestly, what I want to do, I want to I want to serve, I want to help people, right? I want to help them understand the wines, teach them about it. So it's really the same thing, just transplanting me into a much nicer environment than looking at these gray walls in this office. <laughs> uh, wine, I like wine yeah. too. <laughs> so yeah, so we like to keep these interviews short, but I. I love talking to you, man. You're so cool. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, how can how can people connect with you, and who would you love to connect with you right now? All right. So, I mean, I, I'd say people that can can connect with me anywhere on social media. I mean, my website is you know www.snydermanlawgroup.com. I'm at Mark Snyderman on pretty much everything: Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. I even I think I even I do have a uh, a TikTok account. I don't use it that much. It's mostly my dog. Uh, but you know, as far as who I like to talk to, I like to talk to small and mid-sized businesses that are in their growth phase and need help and want to know, you know, what can they do to get help and how can they how could I help them? That's who I really like to talk to. And I talk to startups all the time as well, so they don't have to be you know, small businesses. I mean, they can be any range of business. As long as somebody has a great idea and wants to flesh something out, I'm more than willing to talk. I don't charge for first consultations or anything like that. Like, I just think that's craziness. Uh, I think the entire, like I said before, the entire legal industry has found a way to, to outprice itself from talking with people. And we have to get back to that. So I was just thinking if, uh, Spider-Man developed superpowers 
uh, after he got bit by a spider. Mark Snyderman must have been bit by a Snyder early in life. Well, you know, the funny thing about the name Snyder is it's not a real name. You know, it's, it's a, it's a made up name of, you know, so most of, most of us, most Eastern European Jewish of, of Jewish descent came across for, through Ellis Island, our, our grandparents, great grandparents. And, you know, my great grandparents came through and they asked him, he didn't speak any English when he came through Ellis Island and they asked him what he did for a living. And his answer was he was a Snyder. Oh, and a Snyder in, in, Schneider. in Yiddish, a Snyder is a, is a tailor. Love so that. he was tailor man. And that was, became our last name forever. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for talking to us. You are a tailor. You're pulling together all the little threads here. <laughs> Thanks for chatting with us. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. Well, thanks, Mark. Thank you for that. Um, from one car guy to another, I really enjoyed this uh, this interview. I didn't know what to, to expect when we when I saw you as our guest for today, but I certainly didn't expect to be talking about cars and mental health and legal practices and Hansel and Gretel and all that really exciting stuff. Yeah, this was fun. I mean, if I were, you know, stuck in jail after having you know, danced all night in Speedos in a public place, you know, like a water fountain in some major city, I would probably call you. Wait, but you don't do uh, defense lawyer stuff, do you? No, but he does. You do business stuff, and everybody starting a business needs a good business lawyer, not just any lawyer. So, And if you need a business lawyer, don't come visit us at thoughtpartnergroup.com. And if you need a business lawyer, don't click on that button at the top that says assessment. Because all you're going to get is us and we are not lawyers, but we are really good at what we do. So maybe you want to check out that free assessment and see what we say about it. I feel like we should have a disclaimer at the bottom of this uh, episode just so people aren't, you know, misinterpreting that we are lawyers or something like that. Yes, this cannot be. Please do not describe this as being legal advice. <laughs> we we should never advise people on fish bowls or, or grass cutting or anything of legal value. Subscribe to us if you're out of your mind like we are. We look forward to talking to you again. That's it. Cheers. Cheers.